you get one of these? No, thank you. Do you even know what this is? It is a fitness orb, and it has completely changed my life. Forget everything you thought you knew about ab workouts. Done. This ab workout is specifically designed to strengthen your core. Sorry. Right. Numerous health benefits. Strengthens your back. Better performance in sports. Improves your reflexes. Okay, you know what? Uh, how much is that? Uh, it's only 25 bucks. Wow. Um, okay. Well, I don't know about you um, and how your week started, but I felt like I was right in the fitness orb the start of this week. And by the end, it was like, what had just happened? Um, and maybe for some of you, you were thinking to yourself, and I'm sorry that this happened, but you were hoping this year would be the perfect bracket year for you and no longer. <laughs> maybe you had uh, some awesome spring break plans, and I'm sure they were, but no longer. Maybe you just wanted to have a nice stroll through Costco. No longer. <clears throat> All I wanted was baby wipes this week, and there were none. Um, so anyways, um, maybe that ball is uh, somewhat of an analogy for uh, what has been happening this week, um, but regardless, I really am glad that you're here if you're joining us uh, in the room, and I really am glad that you're here if you're joining us online. Um, maybe you're in your PJs, maybe you haven't even got out of bed, um, and uh, kudos to you, I suppose, but even more kudos to the people who got out and actually changed their clothes and watched online with a change of clothes got ready for church this morning, that would be pretty sweet even if you're watching on your couch, but I'm glad you're here. I wanted to start today a little different, um, and I wanted to start by telling you a little story, um, and it's a story that, shocker, involves Jesus. And uh, this was a moment in time for Jesus when uh, he had just uh, done one of the best-known miracles that he's, uh, that he's known for, uh, and that was feeding 5,000 people. Um, and as you can imagine, um, once he got done feeding 5,000 people, the 5,000 people were, like, really glad that they showed up for that. Uh, I mean, who does not like showing up and getting free food, especially when it's unexpected and it's, it's pretty decent. And so at this point in the story, um, there was a lot of people, and a lot of people were really happy with Jesus and his disciples. And so Jesus wanted to kind of wrap up the party. And so he told um, his disciples, uh, they were on the edge, the banks of the Sea of Galilee, they said, uh, he told them to get on the boat and go across. It's not really a sea, it's a lake. We'll talk about that. But I want you to get on the, the boat, and I want you to go across the lake, and then I will meet you over there, okay, and on the other side. We'll meet up, okay? And so Jesus sends them out, and they go, across, they go across the lake. And at this point in the story, as they are on the lake um, in the boat, uh, all was normal, okay? At this point in the story, everything is completely normal. Everybody's kind of doing what they're supposed to be doing. Everything's going how it's supposed to be going. Um, now, do you all remember what this is like? normal? Two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago it felt maybe a bit more normal. Now it's like, I really wish we could go back there, and I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime soon, but we kind of remember at least normal, especially for the disciples, because some of the disciples, some of you know this, but there's three of them, uh, Peter, James, and John, and they were actually fishermen, and they had been fishermen fishing on the Sea of Galilee, and so they had been on that lake probably a thousand times fishing, um, and, and so they were very comfortable in this environment. And especially at this point, too, everybody had eaten so well, I'm sure they were just kind of lazing out on the boat, 
floating across the lake. Maybe some of them even trying to take a little bit of a nap on the way. And so, um, at, at, um, and the lake, um, as I was kind of referring to, is not actually that big of a lake. Um, you think because it's called a sea, it'd be bigger, but it's not. It's actually a lake. Um, and this is a picture that I took uh, from the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, it's, it's so um, small um, that you can actually see the entire shore on a nice clear day like this one all the way around you. And so even if you're someone who um, is not maybe the best of swimmers, not maybe the most proficient rower or uh, avid boat person, um, at this point and at this lake, you probably would feel decently comfortable because you can see shore. It feels, as far as boat rides go, it feels normal. It feels like everything is going as planned. And I think we could all agree that that this is the ideal. This is, in fact, kind of pristine. This is, in fact, kind of um, restful and enjoyable. And at some point, though, in this story, just as it happens so often in your and my life, things go from normal to what's known as not normal. Not normal. Are you familiar with this? Not normal? Okay. At some point, things become abnormal. And when things become not normal, they tend to happen fairly quickly. Because if you think about it, if things change slowly, all that happens is what was just becomes different and it becomes almost a new normal. That over time, if something changes slowly enough, we don't really recognize it and we just go with it and it just becomes normal. But what's not normal is things when, cha- when things change dramatically. When things change dramatically. And here's how that happened for the disciples, uh, documented um, by the gospel writer Matthew. And here's what he said happened to the disciples. They were already uh, a considerable distance, he begins, already a considerable distance from land, and things started to turn for the worse. Buffeted by the waves, oops, back up, bu- oh, too fast. Buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And so what can sometimes happen is the Mediterranean Sea is not too far from this, the, the, the lake um, of Galilee. And so these massive, massive storms off the Mediterranean Sea, which the Mediterranean Sea is actually known for, will come off uh, the lake or off the, off the sea and then go inland and go over the lake of Galilee and really cause some havoc. And at this point, what they were experiencing was just a really strong wind and their boat was being buffeted and rocked to which some of us, especially who don't like being on water, that's just enough to kind of make you a little concerned. But more importantly, what was happening was the wind was against it. In other words, the wind kept them from going where they wanted to go. They wanted to head one direction, but the wind was keeping them almost in place. In other words, they had future plans. They were planning to go across the lake. They were going to meet Jesus. They maybe had some plans to go somewhere else after that, some trips. Maybe they had some meetings, some vacations plans. They had expectations for their future. But this wind that they had no control over started to act against them so much so that it kept them from even making any progress across the lake. So you can imagine the emotions in the boat as they started were pretty good. Everybody was full because they had ate plenty. They were happy, they were content, and they were just doing what Jesus told them to do. And now it was changing. It was becoming frustrating. And maybe some people were getting a little angry. Because if you remember ever being on a boat when the, when the wind and the waves are against you, the most deceiving thing is the fact that the waves are moving past you. So it looks like you're moving, but if you have any sense of 
placement, like you can see the shore, you'll find over time that you actually haven't moved, even though it looks like you're going really, really fast because the waves make it look like you're going fast. And so over time, you start to kind of freak out of like, why am I not moving? This is not going well. And all your energy is being extended in a direction that you can't actually get to. And so then you begin to focus your anger somewhere. Isn't that what we do when we start to get frustrated? We find somewhere, someone, to direct our anger towards. And that anger then can lead to something known as judgment. That you look at your neighbor, and you look at your neighbor and you say, you're not rowing hard enough. What are you doing? You start criticizing people. You say, you're not helping You're making the situation worse. I don't even know what you're doing, what you're thinking. This is so frustrating. I'm angry. All in one little boat together. Now, you got chaos around them. You got chaos in the boat. And everyone's really, really frustrated. Sound familiar? You're picking up on how the analogy connects to life today a little bit? I want to tell you what I think most of all is driving, at least in my opinion, what's driving the disciples, and to some extent what's driving our concern, our anger, and our judgment in moments like the disciples experiencing in this story and what we kind of sometimes, to an extent, are experiencing right now. And that's what's called fear. And fear, and we've talked about this a number of times, fear has a direct connection to the unknown, That anytime there's a time in our life where we don't know, when we feel a little uncertain in our future, there's an unknown component to our future, the opportunity is there for fear to slip in. And I realize some of us are just so strong and, and, and confident and all that. We say, we're not afraid, okay, and we're just gonna go on living our lives and all this kinds of stuff. But I guarantee you, and you know this if you think about it, you search your heart. There's a little bit of voice somewhere in there, in that confidence, that says, are you sure? Are you sure you know what's going on? Are you sure you have a good handle on it? Are you sure you're going to be able to handle everything that's going to come in the future? I think there's a bit of that right now in this pandemic. Honestly, anytime there's some threat to our health, and the health of those we love. Anytime there is an unknown component in our future, whether it has to do with our our job and our security, our finances, our relationships, especially marriages, anytime where there is some component of, I don't know where this is going, unknownness, there is fear. And then the fear can bring up all sorts of negative emotions like anger and judgment and criticism. And it starts to consume and make a situation that's already a little concerning even worse. You start to go down the spiral of thinking what's going to happen next. And it's always worse, whatever we think of. Like, is this wind just the precursor to a bigger storm? That's maybe what the disciples were thinking. Is this going to get a whole lot worse? Are we going to find ourselves in the middle of the storm next? And then the next thing we do is we tend to look for some sense of stability We try to find some answers, some some solid ground, if you will, to stand on. But the problem is, especially like the disciples, the things that you're used to seeing as stable are no longer stable things in life. 
and it's hard to see it. For the disciples, they couldn't see the land because it was dark. Probably all they saw at this point in the story was just white caps all around them. Chaos all around them. And that's concerning. And it's a good reason to feel afraid and not normal and not comfortable anymore. Now, it might help to remember, I think it's helpful to remember, and to keep in mind, and I don't mean to play off the old, the old saying, we're all in the same boat. All the disciples at this point in the story are in the same boat. And all of us are in the same boat. We all live on the same planet. We're all human. If one person gets sick, there's a chance that we could all get sick. If one person is afraid, there's a chance that fear will spread. And that can all interplay because we're all in the same boat. But in the same way, we can all be the solution. We can all choose to love one another in the midst of fear. We can all choose to be selfless instead of selfish. Just imagine in this story, if all the disciples, imagine how the story would have continued on, how Matthew would have wrote it. If all the disciples just stood up at this point in the story with escalated emotions and all this stuff and said, you know what, everybody? We need to find some solid ground to stand on. We need to find some clear direction, some stability in the midst of this trying time. In the midst of the darkness and the crashing waves. Don't, don't you think that that would change how this story went if they were all able to agree on, hey, we're just going to stand on this rock and we're going to be confident and trust and get through this. See, in confidence, in trust, in faith, there's not as much room for fear and anger and judgment. They're, they're pretty much polar opposites. It's hard to have fear in the unknown when you have faith and you're trusting and you're confident. Shortly before dawn, Matthew goes on, Jesus, so it's not light yet, it's still dark, so I don't know about you, but this tells me that Jesus knew that this was all going to happen and he's timing it perfectly. Just before the light comes up, at the last possible minute, Jesus went out to them, not on his own boat, as some of you know, but walking on the lake. What if all those disciples looked at that man at that moment walking across the lake and said, that guy, I'm going to trust that guy. If he can walk on the lake, I think we'll be fine. Imagine how that would have changed the dynamic in that boat. Imagine, though, for a second, what you would have first thought if you were on that boat, in the middle of the dark, waves crashing all, if you need to close your eyes, you can, cr crashing all around you, okay? And then you see a figure, all you've been seeing all night long is crashing waves, and then this figure is walking across the water towards you in the middle of the darkness. That'd be freaky. You'd freak out. I would freak out. And that's exactly what they did. That's what Matthew says. When the disciples saw, it was, uh, saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. No longer men in that boat. Screaming, screaming human beings. But Jesus, immediately, Jesus doesn't wait, Matthew goes on. Jesus doesn't wait. He says, immediately said to them, in an attempt to comfort them and give them stability, take courage at his eye, don't be afraid. 
You might be afraid, he's saying. There's reason to be afraid. But now you have a reason not to be. Now you have a reason to stand up and point and say, if that guy can walk on water, I'm not so concerned anymore. Maybe you're here today, and I think, I don't want to be too bold, but I think most of us, either you're watching online or in the room, most of us are in a place where there is a part of our hearts looking for some stability, looking for some direction on what do I do next, looking in any direction just to find peace and stability, looking around for shore because that's what we're so used to, but friends, we are not on the shore anymore. The dynamics have changed. And I'm saying, maybe we could trust in the one who's walking on the chaos. Trust in the creator God and our Savior who's literally just skating over that which is driving our fear. Maybe we could choose in the midst of this time to look at him like I think some of the disciples did as we're going to see in just a second, uh, or talk about in just a second, They look at him and they say, I want to follow that guy. I want to trust that guy. Because this is not normal, and I acknowledge that, but if I believe in a guy who seems to walk over the chaos, who seems to hover above the chaos, maybe I'll be okay. Maybe something would change. And reminder, and this is what we believe as Christians, we're just not trusting in a man. We're trusting in the Son of God. We're trusting in in love made flesh. Love in a human form walking among us. That's who we're choosing to trust. That's who's walking on the water. And, and, and Paul one of uh, the, a man who, who had such a substantial impact on the church and really the world in his day and wrote most of the New Testament. This is what he said about love. And some of you are familiar with this verse because it's oftentimes read at weddings and stuff in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, love, Jesus, the guy walking on the water, is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no records of wrong. He goes on, he says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth, and always, get this, always protects, protects, protects the most vulnerable, protects the weak, protects those who need it most. Always trusts, should have highlighted it, always hopes, and always, he ends on, look where he ends, always perseveres. Because Paul, because of his own life, and I think just the fact that comes with living life, you know there's going to be times on a boat in the middle of darkness and crashing waves. And Paul says, love perseveres through all of that. Some of you are going to have a lot of time on your hands in the next few weeks, so I'd encourage you to go and read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just read about love in human form, Jesus. Just read about it. You don't have to believe it. I'm not asking you necessarily to believe it right now, but just read. 
and see if what Jesus was was just the perfect form of love. The fullness of grace and truth and love changing and impacting the world. Even in situations when people were high stress, high anger, high emotion, high frustration, high fear. And he just brought love into that. How would, how would the story of this virus look different, do you think, if everybody tomorrow morning woke up and did all of this? Not self-seeking, always hoping, persevering, protecting, patient, kind. I think it would dramatically change the next few weeks. Not just in health, but in temperament and combating fear. That comes with following Jesus. No matter what happens, in my opinion, this makes for a good future. This makes a future that when you look back on, you say, you know what? Made the right decision. Didn't always go to the right places. Didn't always listen maybe as well as I should. But I hoped and I was kind and I was not self-seeking even in the midst of the chaos. On October uh, 23rd, in 2019, so last year in October, um, I sat down at uh, the Starbucks on the south side of Iowa City uh, with a friend of mine uh, named John. And uh, John owns and operates a small uh, video and multimedia company. And uh, some of you may be familiar with some of his work. He does a lot of our, our testimony, baptism testimony videos. Um, and I sat down with him um, with the sole intention of sharing with him uh, what is that, six months ago or so, sharing with him uh, uh, what I felt like that God was leading us as a church, as Infused Church, into the next step. Like what our next step was a church, uh, what, what uh, the next step for us as a church was. And so I wanted to sit down and, and talk to him because he was actually kind of pretty critical in what I thought got, that God was doing. Um, and I said that what I think God is calling us to do is to start a live online campus live online campus where people can come, not only just watch a service live, but have people who are on there to love them, connect with them, engage with them, and help them to be a part of the body of Christ, no matter where they are, a platform for people to easily connect and explore faith and find community um, and hopefully find answers, find trust, find faith. And I said, I didn't know how that would all work, um, but um, I had some semblance of uh, multiple cameras and all uh, platforms, all this kinds of stuff. Um, and how, how great of an impact this, that this could make. Um, and I knew it was going to be a stretch, uh, especially at the time. Um, uh, ballpark cost sometime, somewhere between ten dollars and $15,000 and about a couple hundred dollars a month just to keep it going. And we didn't have that uh, in, in hand at the time, and, but I, I just really felt like that was what we were supposed to do. And so I shared that with John, and as you can imagine, my spiel took about 20 minutes. I know that's shocking. Um, but John was very patient, listened the whole time. And then at the end... Um, I turned it over to him, and he said, that's so great, dude, um, because I've been really wanting to help churches to start online campuses, and I'm learning that right now, and I would love to help you. Let's compare schedules. And I was like, wow, this is going to line up perfectly with our schedule, your schedule. Um, let's do this. Now, mind you, we set to work on this before there even was a COVID-19. It didn't even exist for two more months. 
And then, an honest truth, at that point, as we wrapped up the meeting, I said, John, I really, as far as the schedule goes, I really want to start this online campus on March 22nd, 2020, for our five-year anniversary celebration. That was six months ago. And so, uh, we set to work. Um, and, and worked hard over the last few months to make that possible. And so this week on Wednesday about noon, uh, when uh, I was contacted by the Clear Creek Amanda superintendent who said, you guys are going to need to be out of the building uh, because of the virus through uh, the end of April, I thought two things. One, it's a good thing then that we have a top-notch online campus, live, ready to go, starting this weekend. And two, I thought, God, you're such a show-off. <laughs> the number of times this has happened for this church is just incredible. It's not a, there, there's just, it happens so often, it's just not a coincidence anymore. Listen, I can't make you put your life in someone else's hands, but I will tell you, where I put mine. And that's in the one who has our back and who's had my back and can have yours too. The one who will hold you above the roughest of seas if you trust. See, Jesus knew the wind would happen. He gave this opportunity for his disciples to learn something. And they did. God's got our back. We just need to choose to lean on it. And as some of you know, what Peter did next, Peter, the bold one, the, bold, the guy who always spoke before he thought, he just let it out. He did something incredible in this moment. If you grew up in church, you're probably familiar with it. He got up onto the side of the boat and he said, Lord, I'm coming to you. Are you ready? And as we talked about in week two of this series, he just started walking. He just started taking steps onto water, onto the thing that was the driver up until that moment of his fear. And he just started to walk. And some of you know how the story goes. At the point in which he lost trust and faith, he started to sink. But even when he sank, Jesus had his back. Jesus had his back. He was there to pick him up and take care of him. And so, my friends, it is so good for those of you in this room and online, that the church is not a building or a place. It is the people. And it is so good that God had put into motion some things to help us through this time without our even knowing it. Because I can tell you all the Facebook and church groups that I am a part of, people are freaking out trying to figure out how they can live stream services. And I'm like, we got it. We're good. Not just somewhat good, we are prepared and ready to go. And so starting next week through the end of April, we are going to have a normal service, because I think we could do some normal, at a normal time, 10.30 a.m., only live online. We explored meeting in physical places, but one, it's just become a little too irresponsible, both from a health respect, from a fiscal respect, and from just a logistical respect. That at this point, it would probably just be better and more of a responsible decision to go this direction. And my friends, I know you may have different feelings of how this all pans out and what the next few weeks would bring. I, I understand that, but I think when we ask ourselves the question, what does love require of us? 
this is what I think love requires of us. Normal service, normal time, only live online. So how do you watch if you haven't already figured it out? Because you online people are already steps ahead of us. You can watch on Facebook. It'll be live there. Or you can just go to our website. We have a couple links right there on the page up in the menu bar to go live. And you can tune in every single Sunday at 1030 a.m. And like I said, this is going to happen until approximately April 30th. Obviously, things could change, but the plan right now is until April 30th, um, we, we are going to be exclusively live online because, one, that's just district policy, and two, there is a chance that the waves, um, the, the waves in this season of all of our lives could get a bit bigger. And we'll be adjusting events as the next weeks unfold to figure out what we're doing, as some of you will maybe already have realized Easter is upcoming, Easter egg hunt, all those kinds of things. We'd love to continue to be a part of our communities and engage in serving our communities. And, and we've come up with some creative ideas. However, we, we, we want health to be most important of all. And so we will modify or cancel or whatever we need to do to make sure that is priority number one. Okay. But Normal service, normal time. So if people ask you, hey, what are you doing Sunday morning? Hey, I'm watching a normal service at a normal time, just live online, and you should join me. Got it? And point two, and this is almost just as important, if not more important. I want us all to leave here for the next few weeks or continue watching online, and I want us to grow. I want us to grow. This is so counterintuitive when you're on a boat and the waves are crashing around you to think, huh, how could I grow through this experience? It's not like anybody on that boat was thinking to themselves, this is an interesting moment in my life. I'm going to assess the situation, figure out how I can grow, and learn. That's not what they were thinking, and it is not intuitively what we are going to think either. But I think we have an opportunity to step out of the boat and grow. One, I think you could grow by loving your neighbors, just as Jesus commands us to do. Especially those people who are high risk, who don't want to go out, etc. Help them. Help them out. Run errands for them. Check on them. You know, love on them. In the mess of all of the social media posts, I mean, literally, I don't know if you know this, but like every post is about what's going on, and I understand that. Um, but in the midst of that, I had one, one, I'm not exaggerating, one person on my newsfeed make a post and they said, hey, if anybody needs food or help, let me know, send me a private message, I will be glad to do so. That was so encouraging to me. I don't need help, I'll be fine, we'll be fine, but I was just moved by the gut response to love instead of fear in this moment. Number two, we can grow by inviting our friends, your friends, my friends, to join us online. I think we have an opportunity because of how contagious this medium is to go live online, Facebook, social media, to invite friends every single Sunday. All of us have friends maybe that we've talked to about church at some point. And they've been a little reluctant. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to go. Okay. You have an opportunity to say live every Sunday, normal service, normal time, be there and join me online. For some of us, this is going to be one of the most isolating socially time, socially isolating times that we have ever experienced. But I want to make sure we understand something. We're supposed to socially distance 
But social distance does not mean social isolation. It doesn't have to be like that. And so let's take steps to get creative. This is going to take some brain power. This is going to take some time out of your week, an already chaotic week, to figure out how can I connect and love on people around me. Maybe there is somebody you know who's been reluctant to step foot in an elementary school gym to attend Infuse physically, but they will online. Send them the link. Invite them to join. And listen, if you're comfortable, I'm not... In, I'm just inviting you to consider you have to make wise, safe decisions for yourself. But maybe that means inviting somebody over. Say, hey, if you come over, I'll have coffee, breakfast for you. Come hang out with our family, of course, if it's healthy and if it's safe to do so. But encourage you, you can still be in community so long as it's safe to do so. Make those connections. Call people up. Share and invite every single Sunday. Next thing, to grow. Grow with your kids by liking the new and improved, new, not improved, no, it's just new, sorry, Infuse Kids Ministry Facebook page right now. We are going to package kids' materials every single week. We're going to post live videos. We're going to give you so many opportunities that before service on Sunday, after service on Sunday, Sunday, someday during time during the week, that you sit down with your kids and you can still learn and engage with them with the story of God and what Jesus is doing and help them to understand God a little bit better. And in fact, and this is what I think is the cool part, you and I, we could all come out of this experience having a relationship with our children where it's natural to talk about God, where we feel more equipped to talk about God. We're not asking you to come up with something random. We will give you everything you need. In fact, if you are here physically today, your kids are here physically, you're going to go home with a packet of all the materials you need to do kids' activities, all the video lessons. You will have that by connecting right here and then those materials right there. You can take home today for the next rest of the month of March. You have materials ready to go today when you go home. Engage with your kids. What an opportunity to come out of all of this having grown closer together as a family. And some events are going to have to change. We're not going to celebrate our five-year anniversary but I promise next week. But I promise you, when we come back, we are going to not only have our five-year anniversary, we're going to have it plus a big return party. I don't even know what that's going to look like. It's just going to be big, okay? We have Big Sunday in the fall, but I don't care. I'm pulling out all the stops, okay? It will get wild. <laughs> I don't know what wild looks like, okay? But I'm pretty sure at this point, we will be really glad to just get a little wild, okay? We may not even have chairs. Maybe we'll have a dance party. None of you are going to show up if we do that, but we could do it, okay? All right? And, and we're going to have fun, and we're going to grow through all of this, because my friends, and, and here's just a recap, so you can just kind of instill this into your mind. Number one, normal, normal service, normal time, only live online, and two, we're going to grow, because <clears throat> we can continue to keep growing against the wind and not make any progress, and fight against something we cannot control. Or we could do something unexpected. And we could get out of the boat while everybody else is sitting in the boat. We could just start walking on water. And I tell you, people will look at that and say, that's different. Now, please don't go out to the lake and try it. But what I'm saying is that you can get out of the boat and do something unexpectedly, lovingly, compassionate to those around you. You can take steps even in the midst of chaos. You can choose to put faith in God who 
I believe as a church has gotten us this far and will continue to help us grow if we just put our faith and trust in him. We'll help you grow personally. We'll help others grow as they see you live out your life. And I believe we can come back from this experience as a church having grown. So on your way out today, nobody's like really touched these. So I, so far they're sanitary. On the way out today, there's two little uh, poles um, and you can take one of these markers. Take it home with you. And put it somewhere, maybe next to the lion that Stephanie gave you at the start of this year. And, and, and as a reminder, over the next coming weeks, that we are just going to take it one step at a time, but we are going to grow nonetheless. Because I think we have the opportunity, and we're going to talk about this next week in the new series. I didn't plan this. I promise I didn't plan it this way. We're going to do a new series called Tough as Nails, Navigating in a World of Danger. I'm just telling you, I listen to the Holy Spirit when I plan my messages, okay? I planned that message back in, well, maybe October, November of last year too, okay? That's what we're going to talk about next week, um, but I believe that this is an opportunity for us to have our brightest moments, into, brightest moments as individuals and certainly a bright moment for us as a church. So if you would, bow your heads, let's pray. Heavenly Father, my hope, my prayer is that this is a story, this is an analogy that we can incorporate and will incorporate into our lives going forward. That we would be willing to take that step to put our hearts, our lives into the hands of a God who walks above the chaos who can be the rock when everything around us is either too far away to see or just missing in our lives. And that we would, in so trusting him, we would follow your son. We would follow his example. In the coming weeks, we would be a light in the darkness because that's what you were to us in our darkness, in our sin, in our despairs, in our hurt, in our shame. You came in with mercy and grace, so Lord, help us to trust you in the midst of that. Help us, help it, help so that this is a defining time, a bright moment in the life of an infused church, because obviously you have been working long before any of this started, and you will continue to work, and so help us to trust and help so that this is a bright moment for your church and your people. In your name I pray. Amen.